Well, hi, Joanne. Thanks so much for coming on the Dilly Dally podcast today. Hi, Anne. How are you? Long time. I'm good. I know. I think it has probably, actually, I think it has been maybe a decade since we worked together. So everyone, this is Joanne Luciano. She is the Vice President of Development for the Alzheimer's Association for the New York City Chapter. Joanne and I met when we were working together in the beauty industry at Estee Lauder Companies and Global Special Events. So I'm so excited to have Joanne uh, share her story, her career advice, and much, much more today. So thanks so much for coming on today. Um, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So Joanne, so we met, I believe it was back in 2010, and I remember you interviewed me in New York City at Estee Lauder Companies. It was probably one of my very first corporate interviews, and I remember I flew into New York. I was so, so nervous, and I met Joanne, and she had such amazing confidence. First of all, you're like so well-dressed. It's New York. I'm flying in from Chicago, and we ended up being able to work together, and I worked on you on your team, and so I learned so much from you, and um, even before we were just chatting about this is how you were able to deal with so many moving factors, especially in global events. There's not only the timeline and the operations, but there's such a creative vision. And something I learned from you was create that vision and be able to explain it and really help people like understand what's going through your mind in not only the, a verbal way, but also a visual way. And so tell us more about like how you got started. Like, Tell us more about your career, how you got started in the beauty industry, maybe what you were doing before, and then how you made the pivot to working in a not-for-profit in New York City and doing such amazing work for the Alzheimer's Association. So I'll hand it off to you. Oh, well, thank you. And yes, I can't believe it's been, you know, 13 years since our, our first engagement together. But uh, yeah, I, I started off in the beauty industry, you know, really what I would call like, at, at, you know, ground level. I, uh, during college, I, wanted to figure out a way to kind of supplement some of the things I wanted to do while I was in college. And I kept walking by my local department store and I noticed these fantastic looking women uh, in the, what, you know, was the cosmetic department. And I was like, gosh, you know, they have such presence and so fashionable. And I found myself, you know, working at a counter um, in my early years and quickly realized that there was this, you know, career path that th these women were taking um, from just this engagement between, you know, customer and, you know, me at, at the time as a, a beauty consultant. And, you know, I was mesmerized by these young executive women that would come in and they would either help us talk about, you know, how we were going to build our business or they were involved in the events that we would run to help bring more customers to our counters. And I, like I said, I was mesmerized by the potential behind what they were doing and, and from a career perspective and, and how they were talking about, you know, how they were connecting with other people and how they were taking their career forward through, through this, you know, this very, uh, I'll call it colorful career, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it's like lipstick and eyeshadow. I was it's like, fun. Oh. Yeah. And I had really, you know, my education was in design. 
Uh, so, you know, I thought I was going to be more designing things and, you know, building things. And here I was just supplementing myself. And I was like, gosh, this is really, really interesting. So, you know, net, net, you know, propel forward into, I just like looked forward and I said, that's where I want to go. How am I going to get there? And I just kept asking people, I want to get there. How do I get there? And they would give me you know, what it would take. And I just built a program for myself in the sense of, here's my goal. This is what I'm told needs to happen in order for me to get there. And I did it. And sometimes that involved relocating to different cities. Um, I actually, in order to get to an, the next level, I moved down to uh, Maryland for a period of time. And then fell in love with the love of my life and found myself back up in New Jersey and New York. And again, just, I kept asking uh, leaders and mentors, how do I get to the next step? What do I need to do? So I really took to heart all the recommendations and the, the kind of vision they had for how I, I would need to get there. And, uh, and I just pushed forward. I, mm. I find within myself that, that I really, when I see something I really want, I get there. I just, I, I tend to ask people, how, how do you think I should get there? Because mm. they have, you know, you're always interviewed by another person. So what you think and what someone else thinks are two different things. Right. So, so have you, have you ever come across like when you, and that's great that you found someone to say, like, essentially give me advice. How do I get from A to B? But did you ever receive advice where you thought maybe that's not what I should do? Or like, how did, did do you trust your like gut reaction to say, this is right, this is wrong? Did it was like follow your intuition? Did mm -hmm. you almost like test different advice? Because I did. Yeah. I did actually. Well, so, you know, through, through my career, you know, I, like I said, I started, you know, right at right at the counter and at, you know, there's kind of two ways you go. You either go the field, what we call the field way, or you go the corporate side. And initially I went the, the field way and I, I thought I wanted to be what they called an account executive, the person mm -hmm. that was behind the strategy and, and the sales aspect of it. And that definitely was a wrong term for mm -hmm. me. I took all the advice on how to get there. I got there. I got promoted. I got into the, the, the thick of it and realized that that truly was not my talent. Mm -hmm. uh, it truly was part of what I needed to know. Um, and when I got into it, good year into it, I was like, mm, something's not right here. It's not feeling hey, but right. at least you tried for a year. Most people would quit, you know, in a day or two. So, hey. Yeah. So, but what I did discover was the part that then led me to a very long and very happy career in the sense of I realized that de developing ideas and developing people to to be able to, uh, you know, developing people to bring uh you know, a marketing concept to life was really what I was about. I, I think uh, I'm a problem solver by nature. 
And when you're developing people, you have to do a lot of problem solving. Um, and when you're working on marketing programs uh, and special events like we did together, you're, you're problem solving. You, you know, you're taking an idea and it's like, how do you get there? And, and that's really where my true calling was at. Mm-hmm. And, and so, working with so many people in the field, you're able to see who the consumer is. Like, how do they shop? How does their mind work? How do they pick different shades of lipstick? Or how do they pick one brand over the other brand? Especially, you know, back in the day when everyone was like in the floor of like a Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom's and you have so many options and now you're even closer together in the Sephora world. So mm-hmm. you saw firsthand the events mm-hmm. and what they need to you know, sync with a certain brand. Yeah. I I'm, I love the con- consumer journey and that is really what intrigued me so much and, and what really drives me even to, you know, even today. Um, so, you know, I really work towards how do I build out a, this career? And I was very lucky that I had opportunities where I was kind of the first to kind of initiate uh, the role that I was in. And that is such a fantastic moment when you are brought on to take on a new role for an organization, you can make it your own. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly there are visions that people have for that role, but if you come to it and keep a very open mind on the possibilities behind it, because it's very clunky when you're starting a new role. And I've had that great opportunity four times in my life um, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You really, you know, the world's your oyster then. You can make that role any, you know, as big or as small as you want it. And I'm always of the idea, how big can we make it? Uh, And it's also probably a little bit scary too, because you're not mimicking what someone did before you. There's no strategy in place. You're not only doing your job, but you're building a strategy and you're implementing new systems. So Mm -hmm. how did you do that? How did you take the lead on navigating a new role? Well, I think, you know, really understanding what the vision for the role and why they were creating this role was essential. So if we use the moment in time when you and I worked together, it was really about, you know, consumer engagement. How do we bring more people to our brand in a fun, engaging way with a long-term edge to it, meaning how do we keep them and build them into loyal clients? So, you know, it it, it was all, uh, all about animation. So that was the nucleus to that role is, I needed to be able to understand what experiences were going to excite people. So I just kept building on that. And the great fortune is that it took me around the world. I I wasn't just here in North America. It was working and learning cultures around the world. It was, you know, learning cultures in Asia, learning cultures in the Middle East, learning cultures in Europe. And it was extremely exciting personally. And then to be able to connect all that together really helped to mold that role into what this person was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And because I had the understanding, going back to what you said before, I had an understanding of what it was like to work one-on-one with 
with a, a consumer, it, it, it was easier for me to kind of bring people along with me on what we needed to do. Did you like the traveling, the international travel? Was it tiring at the same time as it was rewarding to see these clients and helpful for your role? Oh, I loved it. Extremely helpful. I mean, until you are there one-on-one with an individual, you can only guess what it's like to, you know, work in a department store in Hong Kong. You can only Mm -hmm. guess what that's like. But when you actually go there and you see it firsthand, it's like all of a sudden the light bulbs go off for you and you can see trends very, very easy. It was like, so why are we selling so much of this one shade in this area and it's not selling in another area Mm -hmm. of the world? And and all of a sudden you, you start to see it come to life. And then when you can go back, you can share your knowledge and then you can mold a program around those learnings. Um, So that was extremely gratifying to me. The other part of it was learning about people and culture Mm -hmm. was was something that really fueled that passion for me too, is Mm -hmm. like creating these experiences that really spoke to the different, you know, cultures, you know, here. Also, I spent a lot of time in Latin America and mm-hmm. it really, it really grew me as an individual personally as well. Mm-hmm. Was it tiring? Mm, I'm sure there were times I was really tired, but when I reflect back on it, I wouldn't give a second back on it. Mm-hmm. It was really such a unique that, experience and yeah. that you can and you're going into these cultures where you know people maybe through email, so they, they might be able to show you, even like the fun restaurants of, hey, after work, let's go check out this trendy new yeah. place and we can go discover what's down the street. And but at the same time, you're, and you're also working and like you said, you can dive into these cultures and really become in tune with what's working, what's not working and how different a mall in Hong Kong is from a mall in LA, even to New York. So it really helps with that and that point of sale marketing that you so like have that niche focus on with events. And also where there's similarities too, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yes, we are. So, you know, there's many different cultures, but what's the, what's that similarity that runs uh, amongst everyone, you know, learning how to put eyeliner there. There's so many women around the world that wanted to understand how do I make the perfect eyeliner? I still don't know after <laughs> how many years in the beauty industry. I still, I think I, when I see someone with an eyeliner and like a perfect wing, it's like, yeah. how, how did you do that? How? Yeah. I just always say, I'm like, you are so talented. You are so very talented. <laughs> but it's true. But so much of what you worked on too is like that educational moment. And we always said, if someone doesn't know how to use a product, they're probably not going to buy it, whether it's a new component and maybe it's like a new formula or if it's just in general getting a new client in the door, maybe they're growing up. Like a lot of times we said we would focus on these younger clients that were stepping more into the ability to buy makeup. And so they're exploring different brands and maybe they didn't have someone that taught them makeup. And this was also before, this is kind of as YouTube was becoming Mm -hmm. more mainstream where people were learning. So now- Yes, we can go on YouTube and learn how to make a winged eyeliner. Or some people can learn how to make a winged liner on YouTube. Um, very talented. But that wasn't necessarily 
at its peak yet. So, so much of what your team worked on was these like educational ways of the new components, the new finishes, new products, and like yeah. bringing that to market, mm-hmm. which is tricky to educate. Yes. And, and the other thing is make it fun, fun yeah. and engaging and, you know, that people feel like they really left with more than just, you know, just a product in their hands. So, mm-hmm. you know, that really was a, a great journey. And then part of my journey took me to where I ended up working uh, on another uh, brand, again, in the experiential um, sector of marketing, but with it came a philanthropic arm uh-huh. and that was a whole new experience. It's like, how do you connect a mission-based cause with a brand in beauty? Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to have an opportunity, um, within the last, you know, seven years to, to really learn how does how does a brand really work uh, synergistically with with a not for profit? Mm-hmm. So I had the great fortune of working on a pro- uh, program for four years, and I learned what it was like to be a corporate partner and really, you know, give back uh, through what we do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And you probably have heard this when you uh, were working directly, you know, within a brand is, you know, we were always told it, you know, beauty's not a cure for a disease, right? Mm-hmm. It was a way to cope with a disease, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and in learning about, uh, about a, an organization and helping them raise awareness and raise funds, it, it, caused me to pivot into a more mission-based role where I'm still using everything from my beauty past day in and day out, uh, just in a different way, but in a way that I actually sit here and I say, I am helping somebody mm-hmm. get through something, mm-hmm. you know, very meaningful. That is amazing. Cure, potentially yeah. down the road, you never know. And you're bringing those touch points of working with the different people and and working across different organizations, but also it's that moment of like, it could be an event or beyond an event or marketing or beyond marketing, but those core components and principles of, again, that vision you're bringing to life and -hmm. you're communicating that to everyone. And now Mm -hmm. you're, you're helping people. So share more about the Alzheimer's association. It's an incredible cause. And I know so many people have family members affected by, Alzheimer's. So it's, it sounds incredible what you're doing. So share more about that. Uh, Yeah. So um, as you start off saying this, that I I lead up development for the New York city chapter here. And what that means is um, fundraise. So I, I work with a fantastic team here. I love my team um, where we really, you know, work towards raising funds uh, for, for our, our mission, and we're a full mission organization, so we're research, we're care and support, we're concern and awareness, we're advocacy, all around the vision of a world without Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. other dementia. So, you know, there are more than 6 million Americans that, um, you know, suffer from Alzheimer's or another dementia, and then behind them are millions of caregivers, unpaid caregivers um, that, uh, you know, work in, 
work in the beauty industry, work side by side with many of us um, that, you know, really need help in how do you care and support for somebody um, with the disease. So it's it was an incredible pivot uh, mm -hmm. going from beauty to the not-for-profit space. And I'm always asked, you know, how different is it? And really, there was so much from my past that I was able to to really, you know, the the word I think of 2020 pivot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was very easily able to take these certain skills and pivot it into into mm -hmm. this work. Um, it's different, but yet there's so many variables that are very similar. You know, in my old world, it was the customer. Today, it is constituent or volunteer. Yeah. Um, they're still they're they're still the same. They still need need you to understand who they are, um, and, and like to work together and like bring that collaboration and bring all the departments together, but also the corporation or the entity with that yes. end goal being at the volunteer, the customer. Yes. Mm -hmm. So big part of what we do here and what I do in my role is, is that we work with people that are giving up their time free, you know, volunteers. We have a very mm -hmm. large volunteer Amazing. base. And then one of the things that, you know, and this is where my eventing background comes into play is that we do events to help, you know, fundraise. So the walk to end Alzheimer's is, is the centerpiece of how we fundraise. Uh, and it's a very big uh, event here in in New York City. We're in we have four walks and four boroughs, so it's yeah. it's really it energizes me when we start talking about what's the experience this year. Yeah, and then I I pull upon all my sales experience from before uh, for the especially fundraising. for fundraising. Yes. That is totally. a tough job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find myself every Monday morning. Where are we at? Yes. <laughs> um, because that's that's how we were able to fund the mission. That's how we're able mm -hmm. to offer, uh, you know, our free one eight hundred number to individuals that need help twenty four mm -hmm. hours a day. It's how we ensure that we get the right research to hopefully one day be a world without Alzheimer's. Oh yeah. So it's it's very it's very meaningful. Every day I think about, though, how my path has led me here and all the great learnings and all the great people I, I engaged with in mm -hmm. my previous my previous life, as I called it. Uh, well, it's so amazing what you're doing. I mean, especially so my, my grandfather had Alzheimer's and my, we call her my nanny, uh, my mom's mother, my other grandmother. She uh, had Alzheimer's and it is such a debilitating disease and it's, it is so rough on the person as well as the family to see just like a different person and all the things they suffer from. So I think what you're doing is so incredible and it's so powerful to see career like progression and that pivots are acceptable and they're real and to see a successful pivot be made. And like we were chatting earlier this morning, the whole point of this podcast is, is about the center of like advice and bringing advice to so many people. So whether someone knows you or they don't know you, then they can listen to this interview and say, oh, Joanne did this. I can feel empowered to do this as well. Um, and it's not just about starting your career, but I think the pivot sometimes is harder than the start. And mm. our careers are not a sprint, they're a marathon. And so it's all about the pace. So 
I love that you made this pivot and now you're helping so many amazing people throughout all the work you do from fundraising to just walking with someone who might be in the situation and being present with them as well as just bringing all these departments together and bringing funds and research and um, just like ways that people can just feel like, again, empowered to like, they know that they're going to be okay and they know that their caregiving time helps them. So that is incredible. But so in terms of advice, sorry for my long winded chat there, no coffee yet. Um, what, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to make a pivot in any industry? How would you, how would you help them say, look at the advice, especially since going back to your previous conversation, you received so many different forms of advice, but you knew which advice to take, what to test and when to move on. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things is that we do have transferable skills um, and that, that's where you need to look at internally is, you know, what, what have I done? What is unique and different about what I've done. So, you know, when I looked at, you know, shifting my career and, you know, it was kind of a a scenario where we all know COVID hit, there was no eventing going on. Um, I really had to look at, you know, what were the three things that would make me desirable to a not-for-profit? Well, it was connections, it was my ability to, uh, uh, you know, uh, sales, you know, being able to um, understand different human, you know, uh, human characteristics and and different cultures, and also you know, having that, I, I came from sales, I was in marketing and I was in brand, uh, brand development that I had a kind of a, a holistic understanding of a business. So I really targeted in on those specific areas. And when I would speak to, uh, you know, executives, when I was given the opportunity, I would really hone in on what was the correlation between what I was doing and what they were interviewing me for. And I made a direct line and I shared with them how my understanding on the other side is what was going to amplify their efforts on this side. Mm -hmm. And I was a wild card for the Alzheimer's Association. And I'm so thankful that they, they took a chance on me. And it, it was true. It was like, I had a wide network uh, in my previous career that I was able to work with and bring, and it brought newness and, you know, freshness to what we were doing over here. Um, so I, that's what I would do is like really hone in on what are those unique points of difference about what you have done and then you know apply it to what you're you're interviewing um, for or the area that you are looking to go into that seems seems mm-hmm. on the surface so vastly different and start to create this kind of center world where they really are the same 
they're one and the same. It's just one's called corporate and one's called not-for-profit. I mean, we still all have goals to make. We still need to have a strategy and a vision. Yeah. You still have clients that you're serving. They're just served in a different way. Um, and like that's the, really- the bone structure is there. It's just the different pieces are putting the puzzle together, but there's still the same puzzle you need to complete yes. at the end of the day. Yes. And you have to believe in yourself that that you can make that change too. Mm-hmm. And then listen to all the voices uh, from your mentors. I mean, the, they mentored you for for a reason in, in the past, and there are all there are always pearls of wisdom that you can take throughout your entire career until you you know kind of are at that later part that will, mm-hmm. that you know ring true, even you know. 15, 20 plus years later. Mm-hmm. And it's those positive affirmations too. I've always respected that about you. What you said is always believe in yourself. And I think so many people struggle to believe in themselves and they can feel doubt and like, am I qualified for something or do I have this experience? And what we can learn from someone like you and so many other people is that it's really about saying, I can do this because I have done something parallel and I have the skills, I have the toolbox my experience has structured me well to succeed and have that confidence to know you can succeed. And that's a big, big deal. Yeah. And have passion for what you want to step into. Mm -hmm. Like people want people around them that are exciting and positive and passionate. Um, I really try to, you know, make that come across that, you know, if I, if I'm on your team, I'm, I want to be here present, mm-hmm. but I want to come with passion and excitement for what we're we're here to do. Mm-hmm. I like that. So it's like you're present, but you're passionate about where you're going to take the present to the future. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're merging both worlds. I love that. I'm going to stick with that. And you also love to travel too. In terms of hobbies, you love to travel and explore. So share a little bit about that and how you manage work and and hobbies. <laughs> I do, Anne. Thanks for mentioning that. Uh, and that really came out of my ex- my pa- my career path. It was because I was traveling all over the world. I really got a taste for for what it was like to just get on a, a plane and go somewhere. Um, I I love love to travel, and of of course, when twenty twenty hit and COVID hit and it kind of shut us all down from traveling. I, I really had to find a way to fuel that desire to do that on a continuous basis when we kind of were a little bit on hold on doing that. So, you know, what I loved about traveling, and I said this before, was really meeting new people. And what I found was that there was so much to explore just locally here, mm-hmm. you know, locally in the United States. And when you, when you find yourself in a new community, I think it enriches you as an individual. So I, uh, I had always been uh, encouraged by my, my employee friends and family um, to, to do something with this, thing we call travel. And I, I decided as, as the pandemic hit, 
I decided I was going to do a little side thing on traveling. Um, At first I was like, I'm going to do this when March 29th of 2020. Is that really what you want to do? But it ended up, it, it ended up, I was able to take everything that I had done and started moving forward. And I started, you know, really exploring you know, uh, more of the United States and small towns and what it means to live in a small town and support local mm-hmm. and how important local business. And I saw such entrepreneurship and great ideas and uh, that I think about on a day in and day out basis. So, you know, I think it's just an extension of what I do in my professional life. I, I, do it in a different way through travel and through connecting with people. And I kind of mm-hmm. said that one of the things that I, I felt was a point of difference of is connecting with people and doing that through travel is, is so, so rewarding. Mm-hmm. So rewarding. I love hearing the comments that people um, say to me about uh, what, what I do. And I ended up having a couple of, uh, E magazines. They found me on Instagram and I started ah. then doing a side thing of blogging, which I thought I would never, ever do. And that, oh my God. No time like the present. I realized how much time goes into it. I, I, blogging is a lot. I mean, just, just writing and you're just, and then you're editing it and you're, you're finding photos, let alone you're traveling and you're, you're trying to be present there, but plan the next trip and, handling yeah. everything in between. It's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, uh, I like to, as I call wander, I'm not a person that likes a formulaic travel experience. Mm-hmm. I have like things, okay, I need to get here and this is how I'm getting here and this is where I want to stay, but everything else in between, I want it to be organic. I want yeah. it to unfold itself. I want it to be something that is not necessarily in every single magazine telling you what you need to be doing when you're at a particular place. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, even our big cities have small communities that people don't realize what they're all about. And, you know, just kind of letting the environment take you on a journey is, is, yeah. is so amazing. And, and then I, I have a love of, of, of photography. And I, I, I mean, it's probably all, it's obvious. I'm talking, I, I play on the, the social platform of Instagram and I, mm-hmm. I've been there for a long time, even before we used to write words in there. So I've yeah. been on platform yeah. a long time. Um, like being able to capture that, that like essence of what's in front of you is, mm-hmm. it's, it's an artistic thing that I just love to do. And, mm-hmm. and then I like to put a lot of humor in it. I, I just love being able to, to merge, you know, what's in front of me and with a little bit of humor, because I think the world needs positivity. It does, it does need positivity. And it goes back to what you were saying is that it's all about being present. And like what that photo does is it captures a moment of saying like, this is the feeling, this is the mood, this is the ethos of what was happening then. And, I also truly so respect that you're going into these towns and you're meeting these entrepreneurs and they're building these businesses and it's kind of like the root of, of, of like what is next for the world too. People that are willing to 
go outside their comfort zone, whether like it's you traveling to a new town or it's the entrepreneur with their small business and bringing their community together, whether it's through a local restaurant or through a new shop where they're bringing goods in or maybe it's a sustainable farm and they're bringing some amazing food from one part of the country to the other part of the country. So that's, that's really neat, really special. Well, awesome. Yeah, I just, I really... I love it a lot. And it it's, it's the part that fuels the creativity that, um, that I, I feel as an individual, I need to constantly, uh, you know, bring for myself. And you do that and you do that in so many incredible ways. And well, Joanne, I wish we could chat for so much more time because I feel like we could chat for about the last 10 years. We haven't seen each other. So there's so much to catch up on, but thank you so much first of all, sharing your career journey. Second, talking about an incredible pivot and sharing some really incredible advice of taking those parallel skills, making a pivot, and knowing that you have the confidence and the skill set that is going to really wow and impress a team to an organization. And then third, also letting people know that they should still enjoy their hobbies and have fun and that travel is so special and powerful and rewarding. And that whether their hobby is yoga, surfing, traveling, or anything else, to still keep it you know, close to their heart because it's so important to be passion, passionate and stay present as well and bring that passion to the future. That is something I will remember from today. So thank you, Joanne, for your time. And it was so wonderful to catch up with you. So where can everyone find you if they want to reach out for questions and stay in touch? Um, well, they can certainly uh, talk to me on Instagram at Jojo Wanders Official on Instagram. But professionally, if they want to talk more about Alzheimer's and other dementia, they can find me at jeluciano at alc.org. Amazing. Well, thank you, Joanne. Thank you so much for sharing all your advice and for taking your time. We're so fortunate to have you on the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much, Anne. It's such a pleasure. I look forward to catching up again soon.